Here we go. I think we're gonna, I think we're about to go live. Says it's streaming live on Facebook. I think it is. Okay, here we go. So we are live today with our podcast slash live cast. Um, and yes, it is half term for those of you who are on half term. Um, but but Rachel and I are sneaking away from our <laughs> families and our half term in order to talk about Twitter. So thank you, Rachel, for being here today with me. Uh, and um, welcome to the live cast slash podcast. Thank you. Uh, we are so thrilled to have you here. I'm so thrilled to have you here because you are a student of Tech Pixies from February 2018. Is that about right? Right. That's exactly right. That's about right. And uh, and then you've gone on, you went on to do a returnship with ProBiz and then you went on to actually, um, you know, work for ProBiz and now you're one of the lead people on the ProBiz account. So uh, you've been in the game for a while and you have been using Twitter for a while. And I think uh, prior to the course, you hadn't done anything with Twitter, I would imagine, but nope. I could be, yeah. So, but you've become somewhat of a Twitter expert. And I wanted to do, a um, the whole month of February is our kind of social media month, if you will. And we're talking about different social medias. And last week we talked about Pinterest. So episode number 23 was all about Pinterest and why it's becoming relevant. And this week I wanted to talk about Twitter and whether or not it is still relevant. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Do you think Twitter is a relevant social media network? Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's very different from the others. I think there's a niche that will remain for it as long as it sort of keeps up to date with the way the markets are moving and things. But it depends on what you use it for and you know, what your intention is, what you want to get out of it. And, and what do you think is the, the best kind of businesses or organizations? Who, who's best for Twitter? Who should be on Twitter versus the other networks? Um, I think the company, if you're talking about companies rather than individuals, uh, companies that have, you really need to have something to say. Um, there needs to be topics that are key to your business that you um, have ongoing conversations about so issues that people will be interested in and will join in on. And do you feel that? I mean, I know we we say on the Tech Pixies course, like it's perfect for um, politicians or journalists, newspaper outlets, but it's obviously working for ProBiz. And I remember being in on the early days where we were trying to make the decision: do we keep Twitter going or not? Uh, and and I made the argument to keep it going. I didn't realize that we were going to reach an entire community of people though. I just decided to keep it because when I looked at the analytics, I saw that we were getting traffic from Twitter. And in fact, when we look at the analytics, um, you know, for the last year, we're getting more traffic from Twitter still um, by the very nature of the fact that you can put so many tweets out than, you, than we are from Instagram because you can't link directly from an Instagram post to the, uh, to the website unless you're tagging a product. So I found it really interesting statistically. That's why I decided to keep Twitter in. And you've been in there having conversations with people. So a byproduct of keeping it has been these amazing relationships. Tell me about the relationships that you have been able to build on Twitter and, and how that's impacted ProBiz positively. Um, there's, there's a core of a community that are obviously sporty 
runners, cyclists, not so many outdoors, dogs because of the dog jackets um, and in families because of the children's jackets and things that we do. Um, it tends to be, um, there are people you can call on for anything. You want to ask advice. Um, it's been built up over time. And we had a comment um, from a lady whose uh, Twitter handle is Miles with Michelle. And she's very, very active. She has blogs. She's a canicross teacher running with dogs. Um, she does programs for people who are getting into running for the first time. And she put a comment up saying how the, how, um, it was ourselves and another uh, company, how she loved working with us or de dealing with us on Twitter because we seem to understand the same community as she's in. Um, the content we put, put out was relevant, lots of issues that you know she personally wanted to read and nice, nice to have conversations with. So there's two things going on. Part of it is what you're providing for the people that are reading your tweets or ensuring they stop because obviously people will just scroll and scroll but that also there's enough there, the, the tone of voice is something that people feel um, drawn into engage with. Yeah, I love that. Like uh, people are talking about this a lot, scroll stopping, you know, or thumb stopping, you know, what's gonna make someone actually stop and, and read a tweet and engage with a tweet. So what is your magical formula for making a tweet work? <laughs> I wish I knew, otherwise we'd, we'd have followers going through the roof by now. Um, it's a combination of a good image. Image is really important. Um, a lot of people don't put them in because it's Twitter seen as a conversational uh, platform. Um, the way that you write a tweet, the actual content writing is really important. And I often start with uh, a question, um, something very short. So it's like any, any marketing writing draws people in and then they carry on reading. Keep it short. Um, something that, uh topics like obviously for us road safety the the topic that goes round and round and round is where the high vis matters um and and that's how you draw in new people as well because they will start discussing this and then they see us uh as a product and you you know we pop in a product post every now and again with a link to the website uh, and that's that i imagine that's where um the click-throughs click are happening because the This is probably actually a good point to mention to people who don't know ProVis and don't know the history of Tech Dixies and ProVis, that ProVis is a high-vis sportswear uh, gear for cyclists, runners, outdoors people, dogs. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, it's basically, if, you're, if you haven't seen the jackets, you probably, or if you don't know the name, you've probably seen the jackets. They're the silver jackets that light up at night when you put a headlight on them or a flashlight on them. Uh, and we're all avid ProVis wearers as well because, you know, I've, I personally feel a lot safer out on my bike with them. And they've kindly given us a uh, code for TechPixies. So if anyone's listening to this podcast or watching this live cast and they want to get their hands on a ProVis jacket, I think if you put in the, tech, the code TechPixies, you'll get a discount um, off of the jacket or whatever else you buy. But um, so in terms of that magical tweet formula, so making sure there's a picture there. And one thing we talk a lot about at TechPixies, and it's a concept that I think takes people a little while to understand, is the concept of scraping. So uh, with Twitter, the links scrape or they don't scrape, and uh, it means they either look good or they don't look good. You get the gray box of doom if it doesn't look good, and then you have to put in your own picture to kind of counterbalance that. 
Um, and Twitter has a, uh, a, a scraper called the Twitter card validator. And you can put a link in that you want to share on Twitter to just see that it looks the way it's supposed to look when it goes up on Twitter. And that, uh, that makes sure that the links actually look, you know, the way that you want them to look. Um, but so th then that can be one of the downsides to Twitter actually using pictures. If you want people to actually click through uh, to the shop or to the blog or whatever. Um, so uh, what, what's your thought on that, on, on the scraping and um, making sure those links look good? If you're, you're um, uh, doing a link from a sizable company, generally the options that come up, um, and we use Buffer to schedule things, the options that come up will be a Twitter size image and a Facebook size image, sometimes several of each. But generally, people tend to do the Facebook size if they're less experienced with social media, which is when you have to resize it, you know, via an app like Canva, for, for instance. I don't know. Is that what you're still teaching at Tech Pixies? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We use Canva all the time to teach the, um, the size changing. Yeah, because not, not all of the sizes are the same. But on Twitter, in general, you still want to use landscape images over square images or portrait images because of the way that they get cut off on a phone. Sometimes if there's no option, then I will expand the Facebook size and put a background in. You say it's a, we've just done one for finishing a competition and it was a diamond and it's spinning in the black. It's a gif. But just to put the black all the way through, it still looks good, but it fits for Twitter. Can I just give a tip that I discovered myself, which I, 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 I think some you know, people might find super useful, is on, on your phone when you've scheduled and you're not sure whether the picture is the right size. If you're doing camper and then you're trying scraping, it, it can take up a lot of time. But I schedule and then I check what everything looks like on buffer on my phone. So I go into the um, scheduled posts and oh, you, okay. can, you can immediately see whether something doesn't quite fit or not. And because it reminds you know, the preview it gives you in buffer is the preview you would see on Twitter. As it appears, yeah. Oh, that's so brilliant. So that's a great tip. Fail safe double check thing is like, because sometimes you could be you know, scheduling quite quickly or maybe using the same thing for two different times that you're going to post or whatever and it, it can slip through so sometimes it's just a yeah it's just if you're not sure it's a good thing to, to keep as a fail safe and is the preview the same uh, when you're doing buffer and you see the preview on the computer then that's what it would look like on a computer just like when you see the preview on a phone that's what's going to click on a phone through buffer uh, not exactly um it just to me i just use it for the image because the words will come out differently because yeah the phone buffers long and thin the way the scheduling it looks and the phone is so it's just i just use it just for the image sometimes you can also check whether you've got your emojis right the spacing afterwards because sometimes you need two spaces instead of one and so you get an idea of the layout it's so it, yeah you know it's going to be okay when it goes and how do you combat the fact that, you know, on Instagram now with the algorithm changes, you don't have to post multiple times a day. You can post once a day. You could even post, instead of posting every single day, you could post three to five times a week and you can get away with that because you've got stories to fill in between. And stories are kind of like what tweets would be uh, and retweets and all that stuff, you know, because in Instagram. But on, on Twitter, it does seem like it takes a lot of effort to play the Twitter game. You know, if you're if you're on Facebook, you might post once. Uh, well, you might even post as little as once a week, uh, up to five days, five times a week, maybe a little bit more. Um, on LinkedIn, you might post once a day. You know, up to you know um, down you know five times a week, down to one time a week. 
But with Twitter, it does feel like you've got to post around the clock. And, and how do you deal with that? What, what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. That, oh, it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, you need to be present because the tweets disappear. I mean, what is the average lifespan is something like 32 seconds or some, some ridiculously short time. And you think, that just took me 20 minutes to resize that and do this and the other. And it's gone like that, which is a downside. But it, there's, I mean, there's also, it gives you the freshness, which you don't get. Facebook hangs around. It feels much more wooden to me, the way that you post and that, you know, this kind of the longevity does affect how you compose a Facebook post. With Twitter, it's got a much more of an immediacy. So it, it ha I think it does, it has to be done. Um, it doesn't mean you couldn't post something. We, we try and capture the, uh, our American audience at you know, one o'clock in the morning. And sometimes I'll you know, just rejig a little bit and use the same post either the next day or even the same day at nine o'clock in the evening because that will be peak time for the UK. So you, know, you can get rounded a little bit by saving yourself some work depending on the timing of your schedules, you know, your schedule. Well, and before the political campaigns of 2016, it was a lot easier to do the rinse and repeat with Twitter because you could literally, like I remember the way we used to teach it four years ago, you could literally put uh, eight tweets together and rotate through those every day at different time slots, the exact same tweets. And then out came the rules that you could not uh, post the same tweet over and over again. So that made the game even harder. They're, they're a little more, more lenient, I think, on Twitter than they used to be as far as reusing stuff without having to alter it very much. Before, if you, you know, put one, if you did it immediately, um, it would block you and say you've done this before. You can kind of move one uh, full stop now and it lets you do it. So it's kind of, it's easier to get around. But I, yeah, I look back at those days and think, oh my goodness me, how nice would that have been just to shift it all down one hour, you know, just put the whole lot out day after day. Annoying. Well, that's exactly how we survived the 100,000 pound Kickstarter because that's exactly what we did. We, we had like eight tweets around the Kickstarter and we just rotated them through every single day, all day long. And, you know, and it worked. <laughs> so, you know, the shade, I mean, that's a little bit of the problem was it, it was the system was broken. And that's how, you know, fake news spiraled out of control because the, the, someone could put out the same tweet over and over and over again, and it could all be false, but it would pick, you know, if it got viral or, it, you know, just by the mere fact of going out over and over again, it made it feel like it was more real than it was. So, you know, in some ways those rules are good, but from a perspective of, you know, the actual people have to manage it, it's, it's, it's a bit of a challenge. Um, so you've seen some fantastic growth with uh, the, the ProVis Twitter account. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, I remember the early days uh, with, you know, like 400 people and now it's in the thousands, I think over 7,000 now, right? Over 8,000 now. Over 8,000 now, yeah. So we've got over 8,000 people that we're connecting with. I mean, another question I'm sure people have is, are there real people on Twitter? Because it feels like a lot of businesses on Twitter um, and not a lot of real people, but it does, from your perspective, do you feel like there's real people on Twitter and you're connecting with real people? Yep, I think that's because we've been doing it consistently for quite a long time. There's, there are some businesses that come through, but generally our feed, because of the algorithms, is full of real people who answer things and ask questions and put nice things and bad things and you know all that kind of stuff. It's, it, there's definitely a community, and within the businesses, they tend to be smaller, but 
um, consistently, they were like our posts, we're like their posts, you know, and, and uh, they know people by name, they know that they're running this race on the Saturday, they know that they've had an injury and, you know, that that's um, the personal side of it. So I think the ones that partly coming to our feed and partly they've lasted is because they really, really engage with the community. Well, and one thing I know from looking at the reports that you guys have been putting together is that, you know, anytime we've done some kind of a joint promotion or a competition or t Twitter chat, which I think that's a great question we should be talking about too. Are Twitter chats still a real thing? You know, do they still exist? Do they still work? Um, you know, but I think the question there is this, the concept of using Twitter to engage with people on a deeper level, but also to grow the following, you know, what, what do you feel has been the most effective thing in, in moving the following forwards? We haven't done a huge amount of, of uh, Twitter chats. We did in the past, uh, time constraints mean it's kind of slightly gone off the boil. Um, uh, so we haven't grown numbers particularly from that. We haven't, we've done, we haven't done any specific Twitter competitions either, anything or partnerships. They've gone on Facebook and have been shared on Twitter, but they have to go back to the Facebook page to enter or engage with a competition. So if you eliminate both of those for any significant amount of, of, of growth, then it's because we talk to people, we communicate with them and um, draw people into a conversation answer people I mean I you know I try very much not just to go to um you know our company the provinces mentions but to go onto the explore page and if there's anything relevant engage because you've got to do that to widen widen your reach and it's where you hear other stuff that's going on I mean there's a it's a huge um resource twitter for common conversations uh you know feedback for what people are looking for what worries them what interest them that kind of stuff you, that that's a you know massive advantage of that over any of the other platforms well and in your new role uh, at provis because you've moved around roles quite a lot but one of your new roles is this kind of head of content and it's deciding what we're moving forward with uh every month and what the theme's going to be and and you're doing a lot of that research on content and so you use the explore option to do that and to find new content yeah yeah and get in on those conversations and see what's causing people to talk about it and how people are reacting to it. Very much so. I mean, I, I've been doing it long enough now for content to kind of drop into my um, my inbox through new newsletters and that kind of stuff. So I'm not, you know, it's not the old days where I was like, oh my God, I've got, you know, 30 tweets to do in the next three days. And wh where do I get the content from? But it's a good um, resource to for searching hashtags as well the explore, you just put something in, it could be as simple as hashtag running and, and just see who's talking and what, I always check what number of followers they've got, are they worth engaging with? And uh, even if they're not, to be honest, I mean, I will often answer somebody who's got hundred followers or 23, because what they've said is relevant to our, to the wider audience. Um, you could sit on it all day, you could do it 24 hours a day, which, you know. <laughs> yes, we've been pushing you not to do it 24 hours a day, even though you're very tempted. Um, actually, that's a great point. So if you want to take a break from Twitter, uh, I know we had some conversations about everyone wanting to take a break at Christmas, totally understandable, people want to spend time with their families. So one of the ideas we came up with this year, and I think that had to do also with everyone's time getting more and more limited, was to pull the post that had done really well over the past year and kind of re 
put them out there for the holiday season. How did you find that that uh, strategy worked for tw uh, Twitter in particular? Um, it was a lot better for Facebook. It really worked well on Facebook. It's it, what it just goes slightly aside. What astonishes me how you can post the same content and it will do zero on Twitter and it'll take off on Facebook. It shows you how different the audiences are and how it has to be tailored. Um, it, but it was good. It was really good. I mean, you, you, unfortunately, some of the, um, like, like Buffer, and you can only go back a certain amount of time. Um, so uh, the reposts were often taken, the content was taken from Facebook and then, you know, put over onto Twitter, which is maybe why it wasn't as successful. But it worked as well as anything else. Um, it doesn't have to be fresh content all the time. And have you actually found, because you do this kind of working with Facebook as well and working with other people on the ProBiz team to get the Facebook posts out, have you found that the stuff you find on Twitter, some of it does, like you said, does do well on Facebook. So in terms of the articles and the content, you can do some crossover. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've done both platforms um, by myself at, at, um, at, at times. And the Twitter is a time consuming one, but there's so often I just pop something into the drafts of Facebook or uh, because you only, you know, we, we do far less uh, numbers on Facebook. So because I know both platforms and I know the company pretty well now, I, I, it's kind of like that'll work brilliantly. We'll put that one across. And then it takes two seconds to then write a, a post around it rather than having two people on the different platforms finding different content. We share a lot, um, you know, I pop stuff in drafts and, and Marianne, who's doing Facebook, will uh, show me stuff. Some of you think still will do well on Twitter. So there's definite um, collaboration going on, but it's easy. And how do you feel about Twitter in terms of the customer service? We know that there's a lot of customer complaints that come through Facebook for sure, through, through Messenger. How about the DM box for Twitter? How's that been for you? Um, it's, they're a lot nicer to, <laughs> a lot nicer to companies via Twitter. I think because they have an idea they're talking to somebody because um, you have a tone, you know, you have a company tone of voice and, and uh, how I write must come through is there's a real person behind it. It's not just a team of people doing whatever. So generally people let us off more lightly if something is wrong. Where that doesn't stand up is if they're complaining on both platforms at the same time as happened this morning. It was like, oh, I've just dealt with that person and they're also going to somebody else, which I'm sure happens, you know, across the board. But we don't get as many on Twitter. Facebook is definitely the platform where people will complain. With complaints, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really interesting. And I mean, do you love Twitter or are you done with Twitter? I, as someone who's been working with in Twitter for a long time now, uh, and you know the ins and outs of it, what do you think? The, the engagement and the monitoring, I love. I, I like the conversations. I like the people. I mean, I was just, my brother's just arrived. I, I was saying to you earlier, I haven't seen him for 10 years, and I'm just he's really not into social media at all and I've just tried to explain to him and my best friends are on Twitter now I've not met anybody you know it's kind of they don't know me and it, somehow somehow sometimes you get um you know you get to know somebody's what they have for breakfast what their cat is called I mean all that kind of stuff so I do love that side I like the engaging the scheduling I find uh I don't know it's a bit rote sometimes you like you just have to churn it out every yeah, single it's the it's the one network you've got to churn all the time yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Well, and it's really interesting. You talk about like what they ate for breakfast. I remember <laughs> when before Lance Armstrong had his big downfall, 
I remember he was on, well, he probably still is on Twitter, but he was one of the first people I followed on Twitter. And he literally told you when he was going to the bathroom and you were just like, <laughs> at some point I was like, Lance, I really don't care about you. You know, and, it's, and I thought this is just a bit too much information. But I do think, yeah, because of the nature of it, it you, people update all the time about what they're doing. So um, very interesting. Well, I, I think there's a lot of takeaways from this. Um, I think number one is to say that Twitter is still relevant for some businesses, that there really is a community and a conversation that's happening online, that you can drive traffic from Twitter to your website uh, almost easier than you can from Instagram, particularly if you've got fewer than 10,000 followers and you don't have the swipe up option. So it's still a really relevant place to be there. Um, there's still capacity for growth. There's still people on there hanging out regularly. Um, and, you know, it's just a little bit more work. Uh, and, and you really have to probably think long and hard about whether or not it's the right network for your organization uh, before going on to it. I think one of the other criteria that I say to people when they're like, should I be on Twitter? Should I not be on Twitter? Is to do a search and see if people are talking about your company on Twitter. And if you find that there's a lot of conversations happening about your company on Twitter and you're not on there, then it's a good idea to get on there because you have, you can control the conversation a little bit. Whereas I think if you're, if you get on there and you find out no one's really talking about you, then there's no real point in, in jumping on Twitter. If there's other networks that you could invest your time and effort into. Um, do you have any, I, you've given us some great tips, some tips on the explore options some tips on taking the content and testing it across the different networks uh, and cutting down on the work that you have to do for the other networks. Do you have any other tips uh, on, on Twitter and that you think that the people watching or listening might value? Uh... Who am, I, I mean, who am I talking to kind of well, experience is concerned? I would say we, we've got a lot of alumni who watch this and listen to this. And we've also got a lot of people who are thinking about joining TechPixies and wanting to learn more about social media. And they, we just have people who in general want to learn more about social media. Maybe they're already in the space and they're still learning. Uh, well, uh, if, if people are beginning, are thinking about going into Twitter and they set up an account and they're dipping their toes in I would watch for a while just be a lurker and then um when you start to dip your toe in toes into it and just it seems a bit daunting it was for me in the beginning it's kind of like oh my god I don't know anything about what I'm talking about these people all know each other because that's the feeling is that everybody knows everybody else that's you know in it. and so you have to kind of be quite resilient and quite um quite, I mean, quite brief and not too personal, you know, like a lot of just using their handles rather than their first names, if that's also, you know, obvious. When you know people, you can just call them by their first name. And so it's like any conversation. Imagine you're at a party and you're standing there and you've come on your own, you've come with one person and you're kind of interested in all the people look great there. And you think, oh, there's loads of things I want to, you know, they, I'd like to talk to them about this or you overhear something. The same subtlety as how you join in on a conversation when you don't know people, it's the same same kind of thing that that helped me thinking about it is people of course they'd like to talk to you then people aren't generally unfriendly if they're on twitter they're there for the conversation so if you have something to give something to add something to i don't know just seem interested in people's lives then it, it, it happens organically I and mean, we've done no boosting no paid um boosting of anything on twitter so all the growth that we've had has been organic so that that i think is quite a um well, a strong indicator that it's the 
it's the chat that that gets the followers um and the selling is a is a bonus you can't come in too heavy on this is me oh and look i'm you know i'm pushing this that's a great point so what percentage would you say that you are putting promotional content up versus just ch chat and helpful links and tips um what we we i mean Thanks to the lovely Mandy, who's sadly going and I've got no one to hold my hand anymore, but Mandy- Hey, you got me now. I've got you, sorry, I have got you. But Mandy did all the scheduling and kind of the day-to-day -day kind of stuff. So I'm still using her, you know, her monthly. So there's a couple of blogs, uh, one or two product posts at all shifting times constantly so that the same things don't come up and maybe three, three uh, contents. So we try to balance that with running, cycling, you know, personal interest or something funny. The conversations happen generally second to that, um, you know, joining in on somebody else who's posted something. So there's two separate strands to it. So you're not just about what you're posting. It's about joining in on other people's conversations as well. Yeah, that's right. So, but it's also making sure that it's not always a sell, but it's a, a it's that percentage of, you know, well, I mean, Gary Vee, who I'm not a huge, huge fan of, but he wrote a book, I think it's called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And that's the idea that 75% of the time you're being helpful and useful and 25% of the time you're selling. And I think, you know, that's probably about what we're doing. Um, but it's the goal that, that also not to forget that by putting links out there that go back to your website, you will drive traffic to your website and you will potentially get some sales. And, you know, last year alone, when I was looking at the statistics, Twitter drove um, nearly, I think it was like 3000 hits to the website. So it is a very legitimate um, link driver. And, and so you can't, ignore, you can't just serve people all the time uh, in, a, you know, a, in, in a totally philanthropic way because you're spending money and time and effort on the network. You do need to drive people back to the website in order to hopefully gain a sale as well. But if it doesn't, you know, I think some people get it wrong where they're just sales, 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 and they don't invest in the time and to build up the community and the relationships. I think that would be one of the key takeaways from today and from this conversation is investing in the, the community is one of the factors that will help you to grow the account and to grow its reach. Definitely. You have to have a good product. That's for sure. Yes, a good product is, is the basis for any good marketing and growth, I think. Uh, that's, yeah, I used to say, uh, well, and I don't know if I should really say this out loud, but I used to say, you can't market a shit product. You know, it doesn't matter how good your marketing is. If the product is bad, it will not take off. So definitely you have to have a good product. Well, especially getting people talking about how rubbish it is. You don't, want that. you don't want a whole thread of people go, oh yeah, I bought one of those never again. You know, that's, that's Yeah, exactly. And it's a great way to find out if a product's not working as well, because people will, will talk about it. And then you can take that feedback into the, the product development. It's important to answer those ones. Really important. Not just think, oh, how do I answer that? I'm not going to answer that because I don't want it to go any further. Yes. Really Good. important to have that as a, yeah, well, definitely. Thanks. We like all, our, all the feedback people give all taken into account that, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, don't ignore the bad feedback and actually embrace it and build up the relationship so that you can possibly turn it around. And find somewhere to let off steam afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm into a pillow. Ah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Go and enjoy your brother who you haven't seen in 10 years. And uh, we'll be thinking about you. Sleep with jet lag, I reckon. Oh, yeah, I bet. Okay. Well, don't let him sleep too long. And thanks for the time. Pleasure.
Und bye, Rachel. Bye.